and I got with me today, let's, let's see who we got today. We got Chris Wallace, we've got Chuck Davison, Lyle Stokes, and Rustin. And I don't know what his last name is, but I'll figure, <laughs> wow. out, before, I'll figure out before the show's over anyway. Um, today we're going to hit the topic of conservation, and Lyle's got something he really needs to get out there. And it needs to be addressed pretty quickly. Go ahead, Law. Hey, Lyle. We can't hear you. Hey, that's special. Is that better? There you go. Is that better? Here. Yeah. Uh, Missouri passed a uh, State, the Department of Natural Resources in the state of Missouri passed some regulations and uh, it's been going on for about a year with uh, slot limit and length limits on Lake the Ozarks and Truman Lake and this is a stepping stone for uh, what needs to be done on our rivers and stuff and uh, there's one small group of very few people in uh, southwest Missouri that's tried to stop this and they've been shut down every time. Well, they've contacted their um, state representative to bring it up so that they can get this halted even though everybody thinks that it's the right thing to do they're trying to get it ceased for some reason or another and right now what we need is for everybody to uh, click on the my Facebook page or Twisted Cat Outdoors Facebook page and go to the uh, link where there's a, uh, a caption for the uh, bill that she's trying to pass and contact your state representatives and tell them that you want the link limit and the the slot limit fish you know that, that that needs to be done you know they're they're under the assumption that it doesn't and it does there's been years of studies done to prove that the fact that this needs to be taken care of and and uh, we just need to get it stopped before it goes any further this law is supposed to take effect March 1st and uh, we're just trying to make sure that it does, in fact, go into effect. All right. You would um, say, well, anybody from any state could help you out, right? Well, um, at this time, just Missouri residents, the, the bill hasn't been assigned to a committee yet. And once it's assigned to the committee, then anyone can do it. And I'll have that posted up as soon as they assign it to a committee, which should be in the next few days. Okay. And, and all out-of-state people, you know, we appreciate all the help because we're, we're all in this together. You know, the same as when when uh, the people in uh, uh, Indiana or Ohio or Kentucky, when they're trying to get their regulations done, we all pitch in to help them, and that's what we need uh, to make sure that we get this taken care of here also. Well, I, I uh, picked up an article here off of the uh, Illinois Department of Conservation. I want to... Uh, just hit it real quick. We was talking about uh, how long it takes a, a trophy catfish to get to its size. And the Illinois DNR website says in comparison to most other game fish species, catfish, especially blues and flatheads, are extremely long-lived and slow-growing. Blues and flatheads can easily live 30 years with weights approaching or even exceeding 100 pounds. Due to the high fishing pressure, and angler harvest, the numbers of blue catfish. Oh, you know what? This was uh, in Missouri, in right. Truman and Lake Ozarks, and has right. steadily declined 
since the 1990s. So uh, a 15-year-old blue catfish that's 31 inches today, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty old fish. Yeah, yeah, they, they've done a lot of studies. In fact, a few years ago when they was doing these studies, I actually uh, lived in Springfield, and we helped them do that. That study, and we recorded fish and what we caught and when we caught them, how many we caught each day, and and uh, it was a real intensive thing. And uh, a 25, 30-pound fish is 30 years old at, at the very least because they don't have the uh, the growing power or the food sources or nutrition or whatever that some of the river systems have got. And uh, you know, if you, if you take a a 30-pound fish, it's just you know, it's it's in the mid uh, range of its breeding life, you know, because they'll breed till the end of time. And when you take a fish out that's going to have uh, uh, 250, 300,000 eggs, there's only about 10% of them survive to start with. And about, once they hatch, then about 1% of them survive. So uh, if you take all the breeding size fish out there, there's, it's not too long to where you don't have anything but small fish left. Right. And, and not all, I mean, like humans, not all, every blue is going to become a giant. So you know, when you take those big fish out, you're taking them big fish genes along with them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and the slot limit is, is basically uh, going to be between 8 and 16 pounds, and that's about the time uh, on the lower end, about the time when the blues start breeding and they're, they're mature enough to know where to, to lay their eggs and keep the, the uh, other fish from coming in, eating them up and stuff. And, uh, you get the small ones; they're not smart enough to realize where they where to where to lay those eggs to keep scavengers from getting them. So uh, at that point, they're big enough to defend the nest and different things. So it's real important. And if we can get this done and keep it intact down there, they do some studies. I know that they're doing studies on the Missouri and Mississippi River now, and hopefully we can get something in place there and and uh, uh, get some of the same regulations put into effect there as we are needing them really bad due to the over-harvest of, of the fish out of the rivers also. I think uh, Rustin told me something today that about uh, some boys up in Iowa. Yeah, there was, I don't remember who, I, it's one of the Iowa boys posted on Facebook from the Iowa DNR's Facebook page. They caught, uh, oh, there's four or five guys up there that they uh, busted for taking out several channel cats and you know, they, they wasn't out there looking for them. They was doing some other study or something, and they ended up busting them. It ended up in, oh, I think it averaged about $3,500 to $4,000 fine per person, along with, I think, uh, oh, what did I tell you, $54, $55 per fish per person. So they, they nailed them pretty good. They're they're not uh, they're not messing around as far as taking fish. The the whole thing was, it wasn't that they, they I guess one of them had their commercial fishing license. The other ones didn't. Uh, and there was there was something in there about taking illegal fish by illegal methods out of illegal waters. I mean they were they were pretty specific in their description and everything there, and you know they're they're coming down hard on people for that. Well, and that's one thing that I've said uh, about the new regulations passed on Lake the Ozarks and Truman. Uh, this small group of people, uh, to my knowledge, is ten or under that are raising so much stick over these new regulations. Uh, you know, they keep saying, well, we're going to do it anyhow, and, and they have to make the fine substantial enough, make sure they catch a percentage of these people that are doing it, make the fine substantial enough that they don't want no part of it the second go-around. 
And you know, uh, that's that's how you stop. If I could catch them corner dogs, I'd go down there and record them all day long. Well, and that's like the, the, the guys that are coming in from Ohio and Indiana and going to the Mississippi River and, and uh, going to these wintering holes for these blue cats and taking them to these bay lakes and stuff. You know, if I catch them down there, I'll videotape them and then I'll send it directly to the Department of Conservation and say, okay, boys, this is what I'm telling you is going on and this is what we need to get stopped when they're taking uh, five, six, eight thousand pounds of fish out of a spot a day. They just go in there until they clean it out with the electronics and equipment with technology we have these days. They can go in there and they'll find them fish and they'll clean a the spot out in just a couple of trips. Yeah, I would say that everybody that fishes for catfish should have, most, most of the time there's one or two specific DNR guys that are going to be in an area. If you get that guy's number, most of the time that guy's going to be real understanding, and he's going to, if he finds out anybody's breaking any sort of law and you let him know about it, he'll probably be there pretty quick. So it, it's always a good idea to have that number, and if you see something that you find fishy, because it's, it's, it's going to be very, very difficult in, the, in any time in the future for any regulations that do get put, uh, pushed in for them to actually go in and actually see it being done, you know, anything, and, and to catch them guys and, and regulate it and, and actually uphold that new law. So it's, it's going to be on us as well to, to get a hold of DNR when we see something and let them know and get them out there as soon as possible. So that, That's correct because it does no good to have the laws if they're not enforced. It was a, a big stink over here not too long ago. Uh, people calling them the uh, uh, DNR up here. Because people were using goldfish for bait, I don't, don't know whatever happened with that. But if you call, was, if you call they, a guy, he should know. You know, if if it's illegal, he'll he'll tell you right away. He'll know. He'll know pretty much. If he doesn't know, he'll find out real quick. I mean, that's that that all rolls in with uh, the conservation and stuff. You know, keeping uh, keeping the uh, other like the uh, zebra mussel and different stuff like that from going from water to water. Well, I, I'll tell you something that really uh, was amazing to me. Last year we went up and fished the Cats Incredible Tournament up in North Dakota, and a uh, wonderful turn, tournament, good place to go, and a lot, a lot of fine people. But they had some rules and stuff up there that I was not familiar with, and if it hadn't been for some of the nice people up there let me know, I would have probably been in violation. One thing is you can't go in there and with the plug in your boat. You have to remove that plug before that boat is leaves you, leaves the uh, boat ramp, uh, and that keeps all that uh, stuff from being transferred from one body of water to another. Which I personally think that's a good deal. Uh, and then you're not allowed to bring uh, fish in from other wares for bait or anything. You have to use local type stuff. And uh, a lot of the things I wasn't aware of have changes from state to state, and people really need to uh, keep up to date uh, when they're traveling to tournaments and just going out fun fishing in different areas to make sure that they're not in violation of some of the state laws. So, Chuck, you've been kind of quiet. When these uh, different regulations, when they get to the committee and they have heard, um, People from other states can come in a bit, big, a real big influence. When we had ours here in 06, um, Bill Dance came in. Tennessee had already went through their regulations. Alabama was 
uh, some guys from up north were trying to model what Tennessee was setting. The Bill Dance came down and sat in the hearing Montgomery and was the beginning on having our regulations changed. He's not from Alabama. First, uh, commercial guys, um, you know, some of them were for it, some of them were against it. Uh, and then after they stepped to the hearings and and you know got a little bit of educated on you know the importance of the big cat theory, um, all the commercial guys kind of changed their whole tone before the whole hearing was over. Nobody was fighting it by the end because a lot of them guys didn't even know uh, you know taking these big fish out is going to hurt them later on in the commercial industry. Yeah. Well, you know, you got so much that that goes in with the conservation. You've got um, habitat, keeping uh, the rivers and stuff clean. I don't know about you guys, but I always pick up stuff. Sometimes I'll end up with half a boat of crap, and uh, that's just from one day of fishing, and it ain't mine. I didn't right. know it in there. But. And it's sad, but if that's the way it has to be, or... or uh, the banks, the rivers, everything just get overrun with just trash and crap and bottles. And it's bad enough when the flood situation comes in that you got to deal with everything gets washed down. But people just throwing stuff out of the boat at will. That's something else altogether. Back when I was younger, I used to find logs and stuff next to the river and stuff. And I, that's when I was fishing in Columbia, there off of Percy Creek. And uh, I'd roll a bunch of logs up there and stack them up in the water, and I always had fish. I, I think one of the things that, you know, for almost any body of water, I think uh, as far as regulations go, one of the things that I think would help a lot is if if uh, if they did something even on, a, on the time of year type of thing, because this time of year in cold cold weather, uh, these, these commercial fishermen will go and target these holes, these deep holes where, you know, blues will stack up for, for miles on end down the river. So you might have, you know, 30 blues in one hole, and they'll come in and hit that hole with their nets in the wintertime and completely wipe out, you know, 20 miles of river or something of blues. You know, so if we did something as far as, you know, letting it so they couldn't, they couldn't even take catfish during certain months, that's another thing I think would help out. You know, I know that it's been discussed and, I think that would be a big, a big, big thing if we could ever get that done. Well, it, it, that's very true. The, the other thing is um, if, if we can get these 34-inch rules and the slot limit uh, regulations put into effect on the rivers, most of the commercial guys are not going to spend their time going out there to take two, two fish over 34 inches a day. You know, yeah, they're, they're, can't bring them over to Illinois, they'd really be screwed. Yeah, but, you know, it'll, it'll kind of take care of itself, and that'll stop a lot of these guys from uh, out in your neck of the woods coming over to Mississippi and trying to, to, to get these giants out to put in pay lakes because it'll just cost them too much money to come that far for two fish per day. And believe me, they're coming to the Mississippi River to get them, too. It's not just the Ohio. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I've noticed I've noticed that people think that the Ohio River is the only place that they're getting them fish out for the bay lakes. They're coming over to Mississippi and they're raping us just the same as they are you guys. Oh, anywhere they can get them, and then they, you know, they they have thousands of nets out, and That's they right. they get they get so many fish, but it's only because they have so many nets out, and then they use the argument that 
you know, how are they catching so many big fish if they're depleting the stock, you know, and the, the point is, is, yeah, there, there's a lot of big fish out there, but if you're taking that many out, and you're having to travel farther and farther away to get that many, you're, you're not, you, that stock isn't there. The reason you're traveling farther is because they're not there as much anymore. That's right, they're gone, and the other thing is, right now, uh, the Illinois DNR is in such fa sad financial shape that they have all these commercial guys over there uh, on a uh, uh, honor system thing, so they just fill out their paper and say how many fish they caught. Nobody's checking them to see if that's a true amount or not because their funding is so low. So if they take out a hundred big fish in one day and they only write down four, they're getting away with it because nobody's checking their uh, their paperwork to see if they're actually turning in what they say they're turning in. And that doesn't just affect Illinois; it affects Missouri and Iowa and uh, Arkansas and Tennessee and every place that contributes into them because then blues move a great great amounts of, of distance every year. Yeah, it's it's completely the honor system the way they have it set up, and I wouldn't call them guys very honorable. <laughs> no, me either. We are 15 minutes in, and uh, I want to take a little commercial break here. Not really commercial break, but I want to uh, announce something, and. Uh, this is for everybody that watches the videos. Um, I'm going to do a giveaway, and that giveaway is going to be for 450 Classics XT Akuma. Still looks backwards to me when I look at it, but anyway, um, the giveaway is you need to watch all the weekly videos each month from the first one to the last one of that month. You must have them all. You're going to grab the code that's embedded somewhere in a video and email it to paulraxdell at catfishweekly.com and then I will give you a key. Each key is unique. Write it down. If you don't, that's on you. Three, the announcement will be made on the first live video of the month, so you need to email me your keys if you're chosen. If the winner doesn't send the keys within 24 hours, Another name will be called, and they will need to send me their keys. So this is the first one. The, uh, anybody from uh, my team, uh, Team Fat Boys, and uh, from the uh, uh, Catfish Weekly is not eligible. So that's the key, the, the code. And I'll post that on the video later on as well. And then uh, all you have to do is send me an email to what that that was, and I'll send you a key. So with that being said, that's going to be the, the first giveaway. And, and we're, uh, we're working on our website. That will probably be available. Uh, our, our videos will all be available on the website when we're, we're finished with that, right? Yeah, that's a cluster. <laughs> Oh, not right now, but it will be at some point. <laughs> we will. We will have it. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to watch the videos. If there's four uh, weeks of videos that month, i, I got to have four uh, codes, and then I'm going to give you four keys. And when I, when I pick you and I ask you, you better, have, you better have all four of them. So with that, let's get back into conservation. Leonard Heisey asked a, asked a question to us. 
Oh, I just seen that. Do you think local fishing could be the problem, as well as noodling being so popular? Uh, anyone want to jump in on that one? Well, I will jump in on the noodling. That is definitely a problem, and uh, the state of Missouri done a, done a trial period on that a few years ago, and they only allowed it for one year, and, and the results was devastating because the fish that they're noodling, they've taken them off of the nest when, the, when, the, when they're doing that, and those fish not only lose that amount, none of the people ever throw those fish back, but even if they did throw the fish back, they won't go back to that nest, and and they lose that whole uh, uh, harvest of, of eggs because once they're pulled off that nest, they just they just won't go back and support it. So um, you know that's sort of they tried that for one year, and and it's now again illegal. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure that's a fun way to do it, but uh, you're losing not only the fish that you're taking out of the water, you're losing every harvest from that point on off of those fish from now on. So uh, you know that's uh, that's a devastating deal on flatheads, especially. Yeah, you know, and and I think uh, part of that, um, just so you know, there's some people out there that will rip you a new ass, and that's just being honest. If you bring up noodling and stuff, and and what I try to do, all these guys in here, um, I don't know about Rustin, but um, and my team members. Um, we talk to them like they're human beings. We try to, to take the nice approach to it. Lyle did that with me um, after I was was uh, tore up, and uh, it made a believer because he he explained things to me, and uh, I think that's the way to approach it. I think um, I can I can touch on a couple things. I think for local fishing as far as tournaments and and just regular fishermen I've told a lot of people my belief is that you know the catfish anglers have done pretty well at keeping live you know updating live wells we put a lot of money into the type of live well that we have for tournament fishing um, you know a lot of the guys that I, I I've hardly seen out of this last year, Fishing the ICA with 30 boats a tournament. I think I've seen a couple of dead fish. Um, I, I don't think that it's that's it's nearly the problem that, that the commercial fishermen will try to lead you to believe. I do I do believe that any foul hooked fish, any fish that's been stressed too hard, you know, it it might not recover. I know that there, there is a loss in tournament fishing. That there is you know. There is a there is loss in fish there. I'm not going to say that you know tournament fishing is has no you know death in in catfish. There 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 is there. Um, is is it a huge problem? I don't think so. Like I said, I think a lot of the guys really put a lot of time and energy and money into their live wells to make sure that I've seen a lot of my fish that go back into the water healthier than they were. You know, I mean, I put a lot of oxygen in there. I make sure my water's cool. Um, I, I try to do really good to take care of them fish and make them be just as healthy. I mean, there's been a few times where they're sluggish, you know, but they're, you know, they're pretty good. They're healthy when I when I put them back in. I I don't think I lost a fish this year at all, and that's that's a lot with a lot of the guys that I think fish the ICA. From what I've seen in in large tournaments, you just don't see a lot of 
you know, dead fish. But I know I do know what happens with foul hooks, things like that. Um, as far as the noodling, um, I don't like to lump anybody into one big bad group of people. I've actually heard of some noodlers. I, I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard of some noodlers that that do enjoy pulling the fish out, but they actually take that fish, put it right back in that hole. You know, I don't know if that fish will stay in that hole after that or, or what happens, but if it if it does work that way, I, guess I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I don't like I don't like them pulling them off of that nest. You know, but it's not everybody has to ha has to be okay with everybody else's type of fish. You know, I don't jug fish, but I know. Chris, so. Right. Preston, how do you uh, how do you deal with people that you take out? Well, it's 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 kind of the same way. You know, Lyle and I talked for a couple hours the other, you know a couple nights ago, and and we touched base on that. You know, it it. it I see a lot of people over here, KC catfish, and and there's a couple Facebook pages yelling and screaming at people for. You know the the whole pay lake thing and and the commercial fishing and you know you you can't do that. It I, I know you know working corrections working the jail downtown Kansas City. You know with with the inmates. You know it's it's kind of the same thing. You know I start yelling and screaming at them. They're not going to listen. You know it's 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 the exact same thing. You know and and Paul, you and I talked about that. You know about when you used to live over here. You know you just you can't go yelling and screaming at people because that doesn't. You know if I start yelling at Lyle over say he's making me a custom rod. He's just gonna quit, you know. You're you can't you can't yell at people and get your point across, you know. And I'm not saying that that uh, you know I'm innocent as far as that, you know. I've I've gotten in a couple of heated debates and and but when it comes down to you, you've got to be polite and you've got to explain to people, you know. When 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 I started using circle hooks and stuff, you know, I was I was kind of stuck on the kale hook there. Um, I I really liked that, and I had a guy just scream me up one side of the tree and down the other about you know foul hooking fish. Got to use the circles, and and after doing some playing around with, it, I noticed you know I wasn't getting belly hooks. You know they was they was pretty nice and in the mouth, pretty consistent hooks, and I I didn't have that. And you know it it, it took several different people to to come at me with a different approach, saying hey you know you ought to think about it this way or here take a couple of my hooks and go try them, you know, then I started listening. Um, is, is touching base on the, the noodling deal, you know, I, I used to noodle. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I used to be big into noodling. Um, I, I don't do it anymore. Um, it was a family thing, and shoot, it goes back to my great-great-great-grandma and grandpa noodling on the Mississippi River and, and, you know, South Grand River down here back Clinton and stuff, and I – I don't really agree with it. Now, Kansas, they allow noodling. Can't, the Call River up here, Kansas River, depends on where you're from, what you call it. They allow noodling out there. Um, there was there was somebody on, on uh, the BOC that mentioned that there. Well, I think it was last week or so about, about guiding noodling trips, and a whole lot of guys, you know, they just they jumped right on him real hard, and, and uh, I – I'm not gonna not gonna touch base on all the comments, but you know everybody hopped on him pretty hard. Um, but but you know that that might not have been the right thing to do there. But you know it. It's, you know, anybody that's man a man that, that's got a pair, if somebody comes off yelling and screaming at me, if they're toe to toe, they're probably gonna pick their teeth off the sidewalk. Yeah. And if, all, and if it's on the internet, about all I can do is keyboard Rambo stuff. But, um, 
you come you come off of me, man. I was gonna blow you off and not listen to you. Yeah. And that's that's where Lyle brought me in and talked to me. Big Dave talked to me about the uh, the conservation stuff. I uh, had a big blow up one one day when I said uh, CPR catch photo refrigerate. Some of these guys ain't got a sense of humor. And I caught I caught ill. Anytime you attack somebody, that's all they're going to do is get defensive. I mean, if if your if your goal is to get them to not do it, then by attacking them, you're not you're not doing anything to help your own cause. You're just you're just going to cause them to to dig well, in harder on you. Lyle and Lyle and uh, Dave worked with me, and then I turned. I know I turned two for sure. One I'm kind of wondering about now, but uh, uh, so. I kind of mentioned a lot about having three people that, that I've helped. So, you know, he's helped four people. And I go, well, if I only works with you or whatever. I can't remember the whole conversation. But I was like, yeah, but I wouldn't have got that three if if you wouldn't have got me. Ed- education is all you can do is you can educate somebody and, Absolutely. and leave it to them to make, you know, what they're going to do with that education and that knowledge. And Rustin, how, how would – how would you describe what made you stop noodling? Well, I, I went out with some people over here in Kansas that I used to be friends with, and and uh, watching what and these are guys, you know, they're they're in their seventies and eighties, and they've noodled over here on on our side of the state line, and just listening to some of the stories, you know, like one I can touch base on. Uh, I mean, you guys, you you wouldn't be familiar with it, but South Grand River it dumps into Truman down there, and little town called Uric right outside Clinton, they always used to talk about this big old flathead that was underneath the boat ramp, and, and uh, I can't remember poundage. He was somewhere in the 80s. You know, he's, he's a big old male, and uh, they, they, they caught wind of that story, went down there, noodled him out, and they, they put him back, and several other guys that went down there tried to get him, and he was gone. He had a, the same female. Somebody made a... Oh, they took a, a cattle tag, you know, ear tag, and they, they cut it down to make it, you know, real small. And they tagged both these fish, and they were always finding these, this male and female in the same hole. And they were always right under the boat ramp. I don't remember if it was an old culvert now or what it was, but, you know, they, they noodled that big flathead, that big male out of there, and he never came back. You know, they turned him back in. I, I physically watched him turn it back in, and, you know, he was out maybe – shoot three to five minutes tops they took a bunch of pictures and then put him right back in a couple other guys went down you know a couple weeks later and, and the fish was gone they caught the female out of there but the male was gone they'd gone down several times since then and you know they've they've set lines out there trying to get him and and he's gone so you know that that really you know like like you all said earlier you know touching base on the females you know Yes, they're not going to go back to their nest. You know, it's kind of like a, a mama bird. You know, you touch the baby, she ain't going to go take care of it. I, I, after watching that, I think the males are the same way. You know, they, if I go into a go into a house and it's you know haunted or whatever, guess what? I ain't going back in that house again. You know, it's it's the same way. You go disturbing them, whether it's a nest, a hole, a box, a a rail car like they have up on the Des Moines River. You go pulling them out of there, they're going to get smart. You know, they're they're just like any other animal out there. You know, you you do something long enough to it, it's gonna learn. Hey, I'm not gonna go in there. And it, it I really do think it it ruins the fishery. You know, they uh, they haven't caught the female out of there either. Now, whether someone took her out or what happened to her, but I don't don't know the story there. But it it 
I know it's a big deal with I've got some family down in Oklahoma and they have the national championships new one down on Lake Eufaula down there and and uh, you know they're they're real big into that but you look at their population of flatheads versus uh, there's a lake up here in Kansas that you know they don't noodle on it's ridiculous you know the 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 population density up here versus down there not saying they don't have good fish down there because they do you know you see them pulled out that that video girls gone grabbing or whatever they pull some big fish out of there but it's 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 not the same and I I really think it does hurt them whether whether you're keeping the fish or not it uh, it it uh, you know it it goes back a long time you know the Indians used to do it that was that was how they provided food you know they didn't have Al Garcia seven thousands or Shimano Dakotas back then they they hand fished them with spears and stuff but you know we also used to have two hundred uh, three hundred fifty pound blue cats in the Missouri River too you know and the the biggest one I know of here would be. That one that that Brad Kilpatrick and, and Rob Stanley caught out there, that one was it 1028, you know, that's a good fish, but it ain't one of them ones like it used to be before commercial fishing and and just everybody got into it and it uh, it really hurts the population. I, I firmly believe that, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, I I do think it hurts the population. Now you know, you know, since you got so much family and stuff has been doing it for so long, you got lots of guys, you know, in your family with missing digits and things like that from turtles down there. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I remember my, my great-grandpa Nelson was telling me about that. I don't remember if it was a childhood friend or who it was that went down, and I don't remember if it was a snap, it was a snapping turtle or I don't know if it was common or alligator, but they went down one day, and, and he reached down. He's like, man, what if I, and he looked at my, my great-grandpa and said, what if I grab a turtle? Oh, don't worry. They always go in head first. You'll feel the tail. Well, apparently that turtle was different than any other turtle out there. And he <laughs> he was he was tail first in the hole, and and he ended up missing some digits. <laughs> but I guess I guess that's that's just part of it, you know, part of the part of the sport, the rush. You don't know what you're gonna find. I don't personally think it's worth that anymore. I've I've seen the stuff that comes out of the Kansas River and. Uh, I don't even like reaching down in it because mainly water quality there, but you never know what's in there, you know. But, uh. Wow. Well. Well, I think we're at 7.33. And, uh, I think we're getting ready to come to a close. And, uh. Oh, we just got another question. Good. Okay, Good. not a question. More of a statement. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. <laughs> um, I'm not seeing this stuff. Neither am I. You got to have your question and answer side panel open. Oh. Oh, there I see it. Join the show tonight. Keep it up. You're doing a great job, Doc. I appreciate it, Doc. I uh, I'm trying to do something positive, and and I'm hoping that that this uh, kind of grows, and and we can bring the newer um, anglers in as well as the uh, the older guys too. So I appreciate it, Doc. Doc, definitely be somebody that we would probably enjoy having on this, and and talking to him, a man of a lot of knowledge. Very willing to share it. Very, very good guy. 
He so, also has one of the greatest information websites on the internet. He uh, does. It, it's just loaded with with knowledge of years of, of fishing and, and stuff, and it's just a great website for anybody that wants to. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a seasoned veteran in the fishing industry. His, his website has more good information than any place that I'm aware of. And if you ever talk to the man himself, he he's done, he will give you any information you ask him. He doesn't doesn't hide anything. He's where do you hide your wallet? He is one of the yeah. Uh, Doc and Lynn are two of the most outstanding people that you ever want to meet or be around. They're just they're just top notch folks. I agree. I know where Chuck's wallet is. Lynn's got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Harrison, what are, now? What do you do now? <laughs> What'd you say? I said, what do you do now? Well, I'm actually fortunate enough that that uh, I I had some issues up there at the jail and and didn't agree with some stuff, so I decided to to be Mr. Mom and and stay home with my daughter. You know, I I worked a a lot of overtime there in her her first six months and wasn't around her a whole lot. I worked you know night shift, so I get to stay home with with her and. And, All uh, I got to say is, if you start breastfeeding, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> no, 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 not going that far. But, uh, I want to uh, remind everybody too that uh, next week, um, well, you know, it's mainly been Saturdays for all this time, and we're gearing up for tournament season, and with that. Um, Saturdays are going to be hectic, hectic for the panel here and, and whatnot, and we're going to start doing them next weekend, Sunday at 6.30. I think that's what we agreed on, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. Okay. So they'll be from Sunday clear into uh, uh, the last tournament, and then we'll figure out from there. So... Um, uh, Lyle, yeah. you want to you want to go over the uh, the first? Let's, let's go ahead and get it out ahead of time. The uh, first tournament. Uh, the first tournament for Twisted Cat Outdoors will be February twenty second at Columbia Bottoms, uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Providing the weather is good, uh, right now that's touch and go with all the ice and stuff coming on, but should be a good turnout. We usually have a good crowd down there. Should be 30, 40 boats. Should be uh, some good fish. They've been catching fish down there when they can get out. It's just uh, it's going to be weather dependent at this particular time. That's uh, kind of up in the air, but that's when it's scheduled. The launch will be 7 o'clock, way in and start at 3. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody down there. All right. We'll give everybody uh, two minutes to, uh, to close out what they want to say. And uh, since uh, Chris is my first one here, go ahead, Chris. Um, I guess I'd talk about the ICA tournaments coming up. The first one for the ICA is going to be an open at Mount Carmel, Illinois, at the City Ranch. And that's going to be on March 1st. Uh, so anybody can join that. It's an open tournament. Um, it's uh, starting at 7.30, so you probably want to be there by <coughs> 7 o'clock at the latest. Um after that, then the next tournament they're going to have is the March 15th Turtle Creek Open, which is normally 100-plus boats with 
uh, 10 fish limit and normally no fish bigger than four pounds. So it's a pretty interesting tournament. <laughs> That's all I got. All right, and Chuck. Uh, but I'd like to go over um, jigging winter flatheads. Um, what do y'all think about the, the, you know, the damage that could be done to a flathead if you're if you're pulling it off the dormant stage, uh, you know, by teasing it and digging it out, you know, lo lower 30 degree water. You won't be able to make them bite, but you know, you're taking them out of the water even if you release them. Do y'all really think that that does damage to the fish uh, pulling it off bottom? In a dormant state like that, photoing it and letting it go. I know the commercial guys are doing a lot of the jigging up there, uh, you know, selling them to the pay lakes. I've heard that they're, you know, jigging large flatheads out of the rivers up there. But I mean, even doing it recreational, have y'all heard that um, that it stresses the fish or anything like that? That's something I'm not familiar with at all. I don't, I don't think it does. That was something that that was turned on to me. Uh, I can't remember if it was Philip or I think it was Johnny Coleman that that was telling me about that when I when I first moved up to Des Moines there um, jigging jigging for flatheads. I know a lot of guys you know say they're jigging but they're snagging them and we caught quite a few flatheads below Sailorville and you know just a white swirly swirly uh, two inch grub there and I caught I remember one fish he he was missing. One of his pectoral fins, I can't remember which one, then half of his tail, and I caught that same fish, I bet, 15, 20 times within the same month, and he, he just kept getting fatter and fatter, so I don't think it really hurts him. It's it's no different than, than pulling crappie or bass or channel cats or blues. I don't think it's any different, you know. Uh, the videos I've seen, I, I mean, I, like, I don't know a lot about it like Lyle either, but I've seen some videos where they've, they've – uh, They've dragged live bait. They've dragged jigs across these these hurdles of dormant flatheads, and they put them baits and things right on their lips, and you could not get them to bite. So I, I guess there's so many of them down there that none of them are really eating. I don't know if, if they're really pulling out any numbers or at all, catching them without, like Rustin said, actually just snagging them. Yeah, yeah I'm – I'm highly against the snagging. I, I promise you, we wasn't snagging. I I know I I can't remember the conservation agent's name up there in Polk County, but I did a lot of work with him catching those snaggers and stuff up there. Cause you know they I they knew a it. A lot of guys grew. out of Polk County. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a lot too. But uh, but yeah, we did a we did a lot of work with him up there catching a lot of the snaggers and. And uh, you know it, it it wasn't easy by no means. Sna uh, jigging for for flatheads is no easy task, but you know there's there's somebody on Catfish One that runs nothing but artificial baits out of those little oh those little float tubes, and he catches flatheads like crazy. You know it's it's not impossible, but it's no easy task. You know, and every one that we caught. Most of them, you know, they they were hooked pretty far back in the mouth, so it's not like you know that that hook just barely got them on their jaw. You know, they they actually took it. We didn't we didn't catch you know five six hundred fish by no means, <laughs> but it was it was definitely better than walleye fishing. Okay, Lyle, you want to wrap yours up? Yep, just uh, looking forward to a great tournament season this year with everybody coming in and. And uh, the, the, we got the, the first two will be at Columbia Bottoms in St. Louis. I hope everybody can make it out. All right. 
And uh, I think that already lets you you clear out there, uh, Rustin. Uh, I don't have anything. Um, what, well, I take that back. One thing I do have, Lyle, um, what we was talking about the other night when I told you several people to ask me how to look up your tournament schedule, you might uh -huh. kind of touch base on that a little bit. I had a couple more questions today about that. Okay. The, the reason that you have to sign up to get on the Twisted Cat Outdoor um, website is simply because the spammers that we get are 30, 40, 50 a day, and they're from out of the country, and we check every IP address so uh, members don't get spammed and, and different things, but it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Just go to twistedcatoutdoors.com and sign up. We approve everybody that has a United States uh, a website address or an IP address. Um, but we, you know, we we just get slammed with spammers. Uh, the economy, I guess, is so bad everywhere that everybody's trying to get it in. With. We're just trying to, yeah, we're just trying to prevent that from from being on there. So we check everyone and approve everybody, and and uh, we'd love Make to sure have. Make sure they're not a butthole surfer. What's that? Make sure they're not a butthole surfer. Yeah, no IP address. No, yeah, there's there's nothing worse than than trying to search through 1,800 members on the website and figure out which one's sending everybody a bunch of spam. So if we can nip it in the bud and stop it before we get started, that's the only reason. Like I say, we used to let everybody in and didn't, didn't do that, but the spam got so bad we had to stop it. And, and uh, we approve everybody. It's free. There's no cost ever to, to any member. So jump right on there and get involved. We... uh. Me and me and Chris, we've been working close on the uh, the uh, Catfish Weekly website, and when they had a, a spot for uh, some anglers and stuff. But I'm gonna close mine up. Um, I'm gonna say, guys, don't forget to uh, uh, send me in the email the uh, code that I gave you today for the giveaway. I'm going to. Being that, that Chris and I are, are working on the website, um, I'm going to go ahead and post it over there in, in contest if that's okay with Lyle. Absolutely. And uh, if you click on the uh, little uh, YouTube icon, you can see the links and stuff that I post below that until we uh, get the website 100% up and running. And with that, I want to say adios. I appreciate the... Uh, the five viewers that we got watching right now, that's uh, the most we've ever had. And we're averaging 140 views in a 24-hour period. So we're, we're not doing too bad for growing. So with that, I want to say happy trails, and uh, we look, look forward to seeing you next time.